another episode to talk about how much we love alcohol. <laughs> used to. How much we used to love alcohol. Living the sober life. Yeah. So Andrew and I decided um, to become sober. Yeah. But first, shout out to our sponsors, Tito's Vodka. <laughs> we don't drink it, but you should. They're not. We need sponsors. Oh, we do. We'll yes. get them. Yeah, we'll, we'll get them one day. Uh, yeah. So when we say that we chose to become sober, we mean that we chose to become sober like forever. It's not a challenge. A thirty-day, yeah. seventy-five hard, whatever. Yeah. It's the real deal. It's the real deal, and. The feedback that we've gotten has been super positive, mm-hmm. mixed with a d- mixed no pun a mixed Straight concoction on, of positivity <laughs> with <laughs> some of the feedbacks on the rocks. Straight, <laughs> straight up <laughs> with a twist. <laughs> with one shot of skepticism. <laughs> Two parts. <laughs> Confusion. It's been neat. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. This whole episode is gonna be more like alcohol, alcohol puns. puns. <laughs> okay, uh, but yeah, I mean, not. I just think that number one, we would do. We used to do whole thirty, like once a quarter. I think yeah. we talk about it actually. So that's like no alcohol this, for thirty days. Yeah, so you can't drink for thirty days. It's very easy for us to cut things off completely cold turkey. Um, especially because of that, like, because we had done Whole 30 so frequently for the last four years or so, it's like this moment of being like, oh, we're going to cut out alcohol is like, it's, it's not that hard. I always felt too, like after the 30 days, I would like end up drinking more or something like as a reward. Like I did over time, I didn't like slowly drink less. It was like, oh, I made it through that. Let me. Like, I would, like, celebrate and just kind of get right back into the, mm-hmm. the cycle when it, in terms of, like, drinking, at least. And when we knew it was only going to be 30 days, I feel like we, I don't know, that, not that it felt harder, but it was still kind of in the back of your mind of, like, when, when are we going to get to drink bourbon again or have wine again? Mm-hmm. I think there was a finish line. When you decide you're never drinking again, it just, you don't put that time frame on it, so it doesn't seem as long as the 30 days. Does that make sense? Yeah. I feel like when you know, we know what it feels like to make the conscious decision that we're never going to drink again. So now that we know that we're never going to drink again, there's, it's kind of like we started a new life or something. Yeah, it really has. I mean, with all the added benefits, but I really enjoy sparkling water is what I learned through this, especially like in a wine glass. Oh my gosh. We were talking about this the other day. It's almost like we've had a million separate instances in our relationship where we were learning all the tools that we now are using to not only remain sober, but live a healthy lifestyle and maintain a routine and a healthy lifestyle because all of the little bits and pieces of our daily life are not new to us like this new lifestyle that we feel like we're living day in and day out now is not it's not all brand new we're just like compiling all of that together and the key 
of being able to maintain it has been the sobriety. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a thousand percent. And I mean, I feel like we need to backtrack. I think we're getting like ahead of ourselves. Of, like, we're just how, so excited to talk. About we're it. so excited about like the fact that we're sober, but like, why are we sober? First of all, how long have we been sober at this point? Uh, I think it's been sixteen days. Sixteen days. So we we wanted to talk about it even more so and my natural instincts always to I'll just post a really long Facebook caption but I was like no this is a perfect opportunity to share on the podcast because so many people have asked questions I have shared about it I've touched on it but I waited till we were like two weeks in officially mainly because I understand now that that's how long it takes to fully detox so to get it out of our system and I wanted to not only just know you know like okay we're two weeks in and we're loving our routine and we still feel like we're on the same kind of high no pun intended (laughs) of like of being sober that I wanted to be through the full detox phase and where did I get that information because I don't want to just be throwing out stats from the reframe app from the reframe app amazing app for not just quitting alcohol, but like even if you just want to cut back, um, highly recommend it. Yeah. They should be a sponsor. They should be a sponsor. We'll, we'll come back and add them in yeah. once we blow up. <laughs> um, <laughs> You're welcome it, for the free advertising. Like. Yeah. So, Reframe App, and we'll get to that in a second where we explain, I guess, whatever, what the Reframe App is and how it's helping us or not helping us, but supporting adding to our joy in this process but essentially I wanted to make sure of those couple things before we started sharing about it and then now I think it's kind of cool that I have talked about it a little bit on social media so now I know what some people's questions are and the feedback so we can answer some of those pointed questions Mm -hmm. on this podcast but so number one we've been sober for 14 days I wouldn't say when we 16 16 days I wouldn't I I don't even know if I can fully remember that we're like oh my gosh yeah we're never drinking alcohol again like the day that we decided to stop drinking but if it wasn't that day it was just it was within the next two days after that that we're like yeah this isn't just gonna be like a break thing this is gonna be a forever thing and I feel like most people's like biggest question is, you know, like what happened or why? Because that's a pretty drastic change from us drinking all the time and you would think that it was some... I think the first question we get is like, oh, is this some sort of challenge or like yeah. you're not drinking for like Lent or something, like some something, right? It's never just like, no, we're done for the rest of my life because that's like, I mean, to most people like wow that's like a really big commitment so, so why are you why are you choosing to be sober I mean there's no one reason ultimately um, I was just able to recognize with your help like the role alcohol has played in my life over the last I probably started drinking when I was 18 I'm 36 now so you do the math um, I've, I've just used it as a way to kind of like escape and not like face a lot of things about myself that I want to work on I think that's like a big overarching reason um more recently I just have a lot of things I want to accomplish 
and have been able to see alcohol as like a way of impeding me from getting whether it's fitness goals financial goals it's just we have lots of fun and we really like alcohol and it just it doesn't seem like a problem because we're still high functioning um with our our business and our friendships and Mm -hmm. we're not like ruining our lives by any means but i think it it was keeping us from getting to where we want to be and even in these last 16 days i feel like a new person that's well on my way and seeing positive side effects yeah what so when you said that i helped you see what do you what do you mean by that well i mean you're in your nature you're like uh like a psychologist or a psychiatrist you know like people just like to open up is one of the things I love about you like open up and you like ask like pointed questions that make you dive deeper so it really like makes me look within the person that like I ultimately want to be and I feel like I wasn't becoming that and could clearly identify as alcohol like one of the things that was keeping me from doing that in a way yeah I would get in like short phases of being disciplined but then we'd like go out or whatever you're hungover it just would snowball into getting off track constantly. Yeah. That's interesting. I totally thought you were going to say um, how I just, like, stopped mon- monitoring oh, the other yeah. out. That's true. I think that's probably helpful to talk about, too. And I don't mean that I monitored him, like, you can't drink or whatever, like, when we're out, everyone knows I'm the first person that's taking all the shots, and I have a great time. Yeah. And I'm not, I'm by no means, if anything, I encourage everybody else to drink. But I'm I'm super fun anytime that I drink. I know which alcohol, like, gets me just even more bubbly than I naturally already am. But I think part of me is very always in, in control. So, like, when we would go out, I was the one who always maintain, and I've always been like this, like, I was always the one who would make sure, you know, all my friends got home, or whatever the situation was, and so, even now, like, in our relationship, I feel like we go out, and I'm kind of the security blanket, where, like, you know if I'm there, that I'm kind of looking out for us, and, like, holding down the fort, or gonna make sure that we get home, or I'm gonna make sure we leave at an appropriate time, or I'm gonna make sure we... we stop taking shots or I'll take the shots out of your hand and put them back down on the bar. But, you know, and then like you, you're the one that like, and you're able to be like really carefree. And a lot of our mutual friends are guys that we hang out with a lot of guys. So you're able to really like, you know, bro out with like the guys and have yeah. fun. And I'm kind of the one just like, okay, like a little bit playing mom, making sure that like we're going to get home and safe. And, um, earlier this year, it was partially a relationship thing. Like, our relationship, you know, if you listen to the last episode, is great. Like, we're in a really great place, you know, now that we, you know, gotten married again. I mean, we've always been in a good place, but definitely now since we've gotten married again, you know, a couple of years ago, and we're in a great place. But I do think, you know, naturally I kind of run more just you know being the one who owns the business and like starting the business and everything else like I I was kind of curious just like if I loosen the reins on me like monitoring everything and making sure that like everything's like taken care of or this or that or whatever even in our social lives like what decisions would Andrew make 
and I wanted to see, and so I didn't tell Andrew, but I was like, I think I'm just gonna let the night ride out. Like, I know that I have self, self-control, and that I know, like, I will always stop myself. I've never been blackout. Like, I'll always stop before I get too drunk. Like, I know mm-hmm. that about myself. Like, the only time I've ever thrown up drinking was when I got roofied, which that's a whole nother story because it happened here in Nashville. And whatever. We'll tell you that a different time. But, um... I know that, but I was like, I don't actually know, like, what Andrew would do if I wasn't there, because we're always together, and it's always me kind of, like, you know, knowing when to cut it off or whatever, so I was just like, I wonder what will happen, and what happened (laughs) the last few times that I chose to just never say anything. It's a free-for-all, and anything goes, I mean, yeah, it definitely, you you were going to let me kind of, like, fail to learn the lessons that I needed to learn, so... Yeah, you wouldn't, like, cut me off, and I would just keep drinking. I mean, I'm not not shy about, like, there's certain, like, addiction issues there as well that led to down just, like, a, not, like, a super dark path where I'm ruining my life, but, like, where I don't really like myself the next day. And, like, I would not have made those decisions sober. And Mm -hmm. that's ultimately not the person I want to be. And, and how would you feel the next day when you woke up? <laughs> I mean, like rock bottom, not quite there, but like close to it, you know? Just like really not liking yourself. And it's just, you have to ask, like look yourself in the mirror and like, what? Like, you don't want to be this person. Why, why are you doing this, you know? Mm-hmm. Just because, like, you're escaping for the fun. Because, I mean, we would have fun. It but there's so like, fun, yeah. We've also learned in the last 16 days we can still go out and have tons of fun and drive our asses home and wake up feeling awesome at 4.30 and still do a Peloton. And that, that honestly is, like, such a way better feeling and keeps me motivated because then that carries us through the day tackling everything else we want to accomplish rather than feeling like a piece of shit the whole day. Yeah. And I think it's in, like, too, and it, I I think it is important that we talk about, like, why I did that. It wasn't, I wasn't trying to get you to hurt yourself, and I did not belittle you the next day, and I think that's important, too. Yeah. It wasn't coming from, like, a I told you so moment. It was coming from, like, I was the one, like, caring for you the next day. Yeah. Like running in the path they're making or whatever so I don't know like I know why I did it but I think it would be helpful especially if I don't know if there's anyone out there who's wanting to do it in a loving way like part of me knew that that was like the most loving thing I could do because I know how much you depend on me to kind of keep you on track or whatever and like I am like that steady like at the end of the day, you know that, like, I'm going to figure out how to get the money. I'm going to figure out how, like, I kind of, I have that role in this relationship, not you. And you're, like, you play a huge role in the business, obviously. And we absolutely are obsessed with our dynamic. Like, it works so perfectly for us. Um, but, like, 
I do carry like the role of kind of keeping everything like under control or whatever. But so I knew that uh, that you were kind of leaning on me and depending on me mm-hmm. to whatever. Like you knew I wouldn't let you fall flat on your face. So you would like push the boundaries and I was just like, I'm not doing Andrew any favors by like, you know, it's like a little kid. And I'm not calling you a little kid. But think about like when you have kids and it's like, if you just like, the little kids know that the parents are going to tell them how many cookies they can eat or when they, when they can or can't eat sweets. So they're going to eat sweets or eat cookies or do whatever they want to do until their parent tells them like not to do it anymore. The little kid isn't like monitoring himself or herself, like making sure like because they know or whatever. And Mm -hmm. that is honestly like the best comparison I could give because that's kind of what I felt was like I knew for a fact that you had no self-awareness or personal boundaries for like limits or when you were going to stop or caring about your next day or whatever. And so I was like, he needs to, he needs to know that he is the one not making the decision. Which is great. I really appreciate you for those lessons (laughs) that I learned. Why did you become sober, Maris? Yeah, I had a different experience. There's actually like two... I had, I want to say it was like two years. Do you remember when we were at my parents' house? I was so excited to tell Michael. It's like, Michael, I think I'm going to not drink this whole year. Oh, yeah. I do think I remember. We were at like, was it Christmas or something? It was Christmas, and I think it actually had to have been, it was before we lived in Nashville. I think it was the Christmas after we caught off the wedding. So it would have been while we were living in Amherst, like a couple months after we did the calling off the wedding episode podcast, and we we're still together, but not together. And we were at my parents' house for Christmas, and I would say that's when like I felt like prompts of like I didn't want to drink and I wanted to like get in really good shape and I wanted to I had all, I've always had like the same vision for the company and vision and it's, you know, played out in different phases, but I was a few years into the business at that point even, and there's just stuff I wanted to do. And I recognized like, oh, you know, we have so much fun living in downtown Alpharetta and drinking and with our friends. And I really need to just figure out how to like still operate without alcohol. And you very adamantly were like, yeah, have fun. Yeah. Like. <laughs> Forget that. I'm not going to do that. Uh, And I felt really good about it, but at the end of the day, it was just like a, you know, I'm going to do this, and then I never did it, which happens to a lot of people at the end of the year going into the new year. You know, you set some sort of goal or resolution, and you don't actually carry it forward because a friend's birthday or holiday or whatever. Yeah, everyone sets up to, like, dry January and... It turns into dry first week of January. And yeah. That's where it ends. And Andrew and I always do everything together. So I was like, well, if he's not on board, then that's going to make it like a lot more difficult. Yeah. And I don't think I was super serious about it at that point. I wasn't making the connections of how alcohol is affecting me until, you know, later. So I didn't really have it grounded in anything. It wasn't, re- the decision wasn't really rooted in anything. But I would say that's probably the point where the seed was planted. And 
moving forward, there would just be moments where I would just be like, it was kind of one of those things where it's like, I knew that I didn't really want to drink that much. So at the point where I was out drinking, I was just like, well, F it. Like, if I'm already out, I might as well just like go all out. I know that I'm super smart. I'm super driven. I'm going to wake up the next morning and still get my work done. I was still getting great feedback from clients. Like, I wasn't seeing any like direct, like you said earlier, like we never saw any like direct repercussions from alcohol. It's not like we got a DUI or like, you know, yeah, like they weren't big, life drastic, immediate things. I think if you're able to like look back and see the long term impacts, health and financially, and just a lot of things, like, oh wow, yeah. if I wasn't, if I didn't drink over the last year, I'd have. X amount of dollars and I would weigh this this much. Yeah. So it didn't change the fact that it so it had nothing to do with like life slapping us in the face or anything except for kind of like your hangovers. And that was just sort of I needed Andrew to have his own like come to Jesus moment if you will with it separate from me and that sort of allowed me in a weird way well, I was like, you know what? I need to let Andrew's relationship with alcohol be his own relationship. That's really where it was coming from. So I was like, I, I'm not, I, I felt too involved on both sides. And I was trying to figure it out myself. And I'm like, I can't be like trying to figure it out for him and monitoring him while like figuring it out for me. And again, all of this was completely quiet. Like this was, these weren't conversations we were having. We were going out with our friends all the time. Our friends didn't know this. None of our friends they're probably learning it right now for the first time on the podcast. Like you're so sneaky. I just was learned from these last two episodes. Secret wedding and now <laughs> secret plan to get Andrew to not drink. It, hey, it works. The proof is in the pudding. Oh my gosh, that sounds horrible. But look at where what we else are. Is up it, your sleeve? Andrew, stop. So I really think it was probably around the time where. You were having such bad hangovers, and um, I was just kind of like nursing you back to health, or like, and it would be like a sometimes like an all day Sunday thing. And I would be, you know, just disappointed because we wanted to try to go back to church, and we had started going back to church because my youth pastor from Georgia became the pastor, the lead pastor at Crosspoint Church here in Nashville. And so, and I, and we had known that for a while and church isn't like, we're not like avid church goers or in our relationship, I would say on and off, like we went to church and mm-hmm. I, I always had like a very, you know, close relationship with God, not in as so much of like a traditional way as you would think about people, I would say, who call themselves Christians, but more so, like, I grew up Christian, and I'm very in tune, like, spiritually, I would say, and I know a lot of people get weird about that if you're like, oh, I'm, like, in tune with the universe and spiritual, but I am, and that's a podcast for another day. Um, I don't think y'all are ready for all that quite yet. But um, I, it, it does play a huge, huge role in this, though. I will say that. But it's definitely like a part two episode um, where Andrew and I talk about 
that and it's not when we talk about you know our relationship with alcohol and the spiritual connection it is not like in a conventional way that you would think where people bring religion into it that's why I keep using the word spirit like spirituality I can't even say it spirituality yeah um a spiritual element to it that um I'm going to choose to say is not religious. So, because I think that that is super, super important. We're going to do our best as we talk about this, not only now, but like in future episodes, to not only be sensitive of people who do really struggle with making the choice, just because the choice felt easy for us and staying sober has been easy for us. It doesn't, we're not trying to discount the fact that it's a serious topic and addictions are very serious you know, thing and, and really difficult for a lot of people to go through. And we've, we've really appreciated and loved the stories that people have shared with us privately since we've come out to let people know that we've chosen to become sober. And we hope that our perspective honestly can maybe give, give some of those people trying to become sober who are sober but struggle with it a new perspective that could potentially, you know, give them the same kind of aha that we feel like we have right now to where we don't have the struggle of not choosing it. We we jokingly say all the time, like, the last few days, if we don't say it probably once a day, we look at each other and we're like, someone could not pay me. Like, you could not pay me a million dollars. To even take a sip of alcohol, which seems absolutely yeah, it does seem crazy to say, but that's how I feel too. I mean, it's just not—it's not for me anymore. Like I can confidently say that, and I think I would hear before I would hear people say that, and I'd be like, "Well, it's just such a part of I think my life and society," and you just you pair alcohol with everything—the game, the a stressful day of. Uh, a big wind day, uh, like all these yeah. life events, you just you pair alcohol with it, so you don't see it as a problem. Yeah. So before we get into that, I want to make sure that my point doesn't just like trail off from the fact that I was sad that we weren't going back to church because that's not why I decided to, <laughs> to become sober. So I wanted, I wanted to go back to church, um, and I was honestly curious to go back to church because I wanted to compare the spiritual journey that I had been on the last three to four years um, with, you know, the more conventional, traditional um, church experience. So that was really, and I was really curious on how it would feel to see you know, Pastor Kevin again and talk to him and like hear his messages and um, how it all was going to tie together, you know, being someone who grew up in church, going to church and feeling a very close relationship to God and being very involved in church and it feeling super genuine with kind of the other spiritual journey that I feel like I've been on the last four years and then kind of bringing it all back together and finding a home base, which it's still something that's in process, but something I'll share about later because I feel really passionately that it's important to kind of break traditional, conventional norms 
when it comes to talking about God, even though that was going to go one way or the other, but whatever. Um, we'll get there when we get there. Um, but being rooted in this new kind of understanding of myself and my purpose in this life and God's purpose for me in this life, I was becoming increasingly aware of how alcohol was keeping me from doing that. Now, it wasn't keeping me from doing my day job, if you will, of, you know, showing up and running my company and running the team. Was I doing it at the highest possible level? No, but I'm also extremely, like, like in tune and systematic and performing at a way higher level than the average person anyway, so... I wasn't, you know, feeling too guilty or worried about that. But the areas that I was feeling guilty would be if, you know, I was feeling foggy in my vision for the other things that I wanted to do that were outside of kind of what was mundane at this point because I'd been doing it for so many years because the company is seven years old. There's new visions and new seeds that were planted in my mind and new passions that I had, you know, the, this podcast being one of them, that I, was, I didn't have the energy or the clarity or the motivation to do. And any time that I had even the tiniest, like, I don't even care if it was one glass of wine, if I was feeling unmotivated the next day, I always, like, tied it back to that. And honestly, it may have just not even been that, but knowing that I had the glass of wine would make me feel guilty and then I would spiral with the anxiety that I don't even know it was like conscious anxiety or depression, but I think it was more suppressed awareness of mm -hmm. I didn't make the best choices last night and now I'm just like choosing to beat myself up about it whether that again was like a conscious decision or not looking back now I think that's probably what I was doing and it was probably not probably it was definitely holding me back and going into this year I have very you know adamantly and openly said out loud what it is that I want out of this life and, and who it is that I want to attract into my life and what I want to accomplish and who I want to be to other people. And it's a vision that I've held for, you know, as long as I can remember, ever since I decided not to go to college, I knew the vision that I had for myself and recognizing how alcohol was just keeping me from that. And the choices that I would make when I was on it, which weren't bad, they just like weren't my highest best self. And that's really what it boiled down to for me. It was one of those things that was like, well, Maris, are you gonna like, when are you gonna do it? And like, if you want everything that you want, then like, why are you holding yourself back? So I woke up one day and I was just like, Andrew, look, like, it was one of his like pretty rough hungover days. And it was just a normal, like, same routine. Like, well, it's the weekend. We don't have to worry about work. Like, we had so much fun last night. We were recalling the night. Like, always had a blast with our friends. We always had people in town. So, showing them a good time, we would turn it up even higher. 
But it was one of those things where I was just like, I don't think I want to drink anymore. Mm-hmm. And you were like, yeah, I'm, I could get behind that. Like, I, I don't want to drink anymore either. Like, we were sick of having phases of our healthy habits, which ultimately, looking back, were just those quarter, like the quarterly whole 30. And then we would be like, this is so dumb. Like, we're so happy during Whole30 because we're not drinking, we're exercising, we're waking up early. And it was simply just because we always, like, the routine aspect of it, us waking up at 4.30 and reading and then working out and then, you know, straightening up the house, doing laundry, like, just being in the flow of our day, our creative energy, like, being super productive, going grocery shopping, like, journaling, like... Those aren't things we have to force ourselves to do, but we were too tired or sleeping in or hungover, depressed feeling that we just like weren't doing those things. Yeah, and I think we would just sorry you were on a roll there, so I'll just let you go. Oh, sorry. I think it's gonna yeah. peep in ten minutes. <laughs> but yeah, um, I think we would just ju- we would justify it too with that work hard, play hard mentality. Like we're hey, we're still getting so much done in the business. Our team's doing great. And we love hanging out with our friends and have a good time and wake up feeling like crap. And you just kind of like your reality becomes whatever lie you tell yourself. So if you tell yourself like, that's what I am, I'm a work hard, play hard person, you'll become that. But if you switch the narrative and be like, like we did, this is one of the tools and we'll probably talk about like our, our tips and whatever gets us, got us to this point in staying sober. But just telling yourself, like, I'm, I'm someone that doesn't drink anymore. I'm someone that wakes up at 4.30. I'm so, like, and you, you drive that home, and it gets from atomic habits, but we've really been putting that to work, and it, it truly does change your mindset. Absolutely. And that really came full circle for me because, you know, when Andrew, I, like, I am a very self-aware person, and I, and Andrew can attest to this, like, I spend a lot of hours every single day, like, looking inward, like, I'm the person that's like, do you have a problem with me, I want to know what the problem is, and it may not be justified, but sometimes it is, and, and I'm still going to, like, analyze it to figure out, like, is this something I can work on, or how can I work on it, or how can I better respond in the same way with my team, I ask them every single week, what can I improve on? What are you guys struggling with? Am I doing a good job training you or do you need something more from me? Like I welcome, ask for criticism and want to be better. And I am not afraid of like looking inward. I have openly dug deep into childhood trauma all the things, right? Relationship trauma, how everything adds up. I'm I'm purposeful in my self-discovery and my discovery for understanding other people because it's a massive tool that I use in my business to be able to help people bring themselves and help people shine the best that they can on their own personal social media. And the only way I'm able to do that is by first being able to understand people who are not like me so that I can relate to other types of people. So I have found a lot of healing and growth in myself personal journey and Andrew's always really supported me in that which is one of the reasons we've been able to work so well together but I knew that those weren't you know the most fun ideas for Andrew (laughs) 
Right. Um, do you want to speak on that? Yeah. Before I like explain what I'm gonna say. But what fun ideas? Like that's not fun to you. Like how that's fun for me to like sit in the uh, bath and analyze myself. All like, the inner work. Yeah. I mean, I would have rather drank and not thought about all the things I don't like about myself and want to be better. You know. So when he got to a point where he was like, I think when I let you make. You know, and again, like, chime in. I want you to feel like, obviously, like, chime in, whatever. But I think when you're at the point where I let you, basically, when you woke up hungover, like, you knew that was because of you. Mm -hmm. And I think it completely hit differently. Like, I had never seen you, like, cry or be upset upset or, um, like, self-loathing the way that you were, like, those days. And it was, like... I don't know, like maybe like reality hit you that you were putting yourself in that position and you didn't want to put yourself in that position anymore is like what you said to me. Yeah, I didn't want to feel that anymore. I mean, not only just the feeling of being hungover, but the the not being productive and not showing up for the people around me in the best way that I know I can and then not taking the steps to the goals that I know I want to achieve. Mm-hmm. So when when I had to flip it and I had to be like, oh, like this is something that comes naturally to me and whatever self-discovery, I was trying to figure out like how can I communicate this to Andrew to help so that I can help be supportive of him and his self-discovery journey that he's about to go on. And so the tool that I gave him was the visualization tool. Like, I was like, Andrew, like, what I do, what I did when I was 23 was I decided who I wanted to be, and I decided that I was that person. I decided that I owned a company. I decided that I was a public speaker. I decided that I was an author. All of these things, some of these things I haven't even done yet, right? But my point is, is some of these things... Now I have done, it took me five or six years to be able to say that I'm a speaker, that I speak at conferences. Like back then I was just visualizing that. I saw myself speaking in front of a crowd, in front of a group of people and getting positive feedback. I saw myself owning a company and having a team. I put, not only put that intention and visualization in my mind, but I was like, I am that person and I'm going to show up every day as that person, even though when I was 23 years old and never went to college and had zero marketing experience and no skill set in my boat, and I started the company anyway, and everyone looked at me like I was crazy, and everyone who was older than me that I was trying to sell to, like, gave me a really hard time, and this, that, the other, again, another story for another time, but it didn't matter. Like I showed up every day as if I was there and eventually I learned the school, the schools, I learned the skills and the tools to become that person. So when I was telling Andrew this, I was like, this is what you need to do. Like decide who you want to be. If you don't want to be the role that you are in the company right now, then decide what role you want to be start showing up as that person and start deciding what does that person do every day and what is their job responsibility and create your own role. It's both of our companies. He can do whatever he wants. He can hire himself out. 
you know, and find someone else. But I'm like, if you show up every day as the role that you're in, then that's all you're ever going to be. So you have to, to decide. I'm not going to decide, you know, Andrew, you now are promoted to this. Like, you do it. You decide who you want to be. You decide what kind of husband you want to be to me. Just like I have to decide what kind of wife I want to be to you, and I have to show up as that wife. So if you want to be a different husband or play a different role in our marriage, then what does that husband do? How does that, what is that husband's role in his dynamic with his wife? Like, so we started having that conversation in the areas that we were already familiar with, which was the business and our marriage. And then it flipped to, well, now let's decide, like, just personally as people outside of work and outside of our marriage, who are we? And let's stop saying I'm someone who loves tequila and I'm someone who loves bourbon and I'm someone who loves really good wine. And let's start saying I'm someone who loves sparkling water. I'm someone who, which sounds silly and good, but like, we do love sparkling water. And we have a soda stream and we put fruit in it and it's like really exciting to us. And we love tea and we, and all sorts of things. But, you know, just I'm someone that doesn't drink alcohol and I'm someone, and it's so unbelievably powerful. Like we said it in the first one or two days and we literally changed our identity in our own mind. And we just said not I'm someone who sometimes wakes up early, like I'm someone that wakes up at 4.30 in the morning and I'm someone that doesn't work out and I'm someone that writes out a task list and then we give ourselves grace like you know a couple days this week we were super exhausted and we woke up at 5 30 or we woke up at 6 and we slept in all those days yeah but the point is is we're not like being psychopaths about it we're just we show up every day as the people that we want to be and the people that we admire and we have decided that we are those people and then we give ourselves grace and understanding that you know reality like our 3d reality may not have uh, hasn't like caught up quite yet with who we know that we are spiritually or who we know you know our highest and best selves to be and that's okay it doesn't matter like it doesn't have to line up yet because all we need is that understanding internally and then it's moving our feet and our steps forward each day and I already know that we're going to turn around one day and be like well yeah we are those people and it's we're going to look back and say it's all because we started showing up as those people instead of waking up every day reminding ourselves of where we were then and that's kind of the power and the tool is if you wake up every day and you're like I'm someone who wants to be that person and needs to do xyz and you like focus on all of like the thousands of steps it's going to take to get there then you're going to forever remain the person with the task list with the goal or the dream yeah, it's super empowering. I think what was key is having the clear vision of who you want to be or the clear idea of who you want to be 
and then falling in love with the steps that you need to take each and every day to become that person. And then you, you tackle those things every day because you love them and you enjoy it. That's all, the whole thing, like enjoy the journey, not the destination. Mm-hmm. That's like what it's, what it's all about. And you, so you love all those and then six months go by, a year goes by and you look back and you're like, holy shit, like look at all, like I might've even surpassed the person I wanted to be, you know? Yeah. And it's funny because it kind of reminds me of when we're at the beach um, in the Dominican over Christmas and I was kind of thinking about my word for the year and like my gap that I wanted to fill for the year, you know, just like looking into the future. One of the things that dawned on me was how much I was romanticizing the future. And I remember in the car until Andrew, I was like, I'm going to stop romanticizing the future because I think by me romanticizing the future, I keep viewing it as like this dream that I have that's so far away, which is I almost think, unattainable. Yeah. It's almost making it unattainable because I'm like, one day I'm going to be a speaker. One day I'm going to own a really big house with a pool or one day, I don't know. And it's like by, by holding that like so far away, like it was keeping me from believing that I can have everything that I want right now. And ultimately I'm choosing to believe that that is one of the biggest things that's held me back because I'm, it's almost like I'm just waiting for everything to kind of, I'm growing the business and I know I'm putting in good effort and I know I'm putting in steps towards whatever, but when those steps don't actualize or when I feel like they're not clear enough for where I want to go, then it's making everything feel super far away. And so the shift for me was you know, again, continuing to see myself as the person that I'm going to be 20, 30 years from now, 10 years from now, or just ultimately my highest and best self. And in two short weeks, like, we've seen insane transformation, like, in a multitude of ways, not only in, like, our physical appearance, but in the actions that we're taking every day and our joy, our happiness, our just ability to be like present and aware and like excited about all these little moments because we see all of the moments in our life as like playing into this bigger vision. And when we remember that we're not hungover or we're not foggy or we're not we didn't drink. Yeah, I get excited every morning so, when I wake yeah. up. And I'm like, oh, wow, I feel great. <laughs> this is amazing. It's it's almost like a life hack for me. And I feel those people that can cut back and still drink and are super duper happy and successful in life, like, that's great. I just, I feel entirely different about it now than I used to. And I didn't think. It's like we got a new lease on life. Yeah, I feel like a new person. It's so wild. And for me, one of the biggest aha moments that I have every day is when I get towards the end of the day, the end of the work day, and I'm like, oh, like I didn't get to that. And I really wanted to get to that. I'm realizing now where I used to be like, oh, like 
It was so fun that we like went to dinner last night with friends, but maybe if I didn't have that one cocktail or those two cocktails, like I would have woken up earlier. I would have whatever. And like, it was so easy for like the guilt and anxiety from the routine of drinking, like playing a role in that. And I don't care if I didn't drink the whole week. Like it would be because I drank that weekend. Like, was that carrying over? Like, it crept in, like, that feeling of feeling a little bit guilty for making that choice, whether it was the week before, or three days before, or the night before, and that buildup and that continual add-on of, like, guilt, and that could just be an us thing. We just have really high expectations for ourselves, and we have really big goals, so I can't pretend to say that, like, Everybody listening to this would care, feel that way. Like, but just for me personally, I would then go to bed just feeling like a little bit less proud of myself. As right now, when I have those moments and I know that alcohol was not even a factor, then I I have this like moment of like, oh my gosh, Mayor Snow, like you woke up early and you did everything that you you love you you had self-care today you worked out you read you journaled you you know showered and got ready you poured into people you you answered all your emails you did the best that you possibly could you maxed out your creative energy now it's time for you to make dinner give yourself grace go to sleep so that you can wake up early and have another productive day and by me being able to tell myself, like, you didn't drink and you had no fogginess, then it's, like, an affirmation that I did actually do everything in my possible power and control. And that has kept me more motivated every morning that I wake up to do the same thing again. Yeah. And there's no falling off the wagon in, like, random days of guilt trips that just completely spiral me. And now instead of me being like, oh, I don't have anything on my calendar, let's go try a new restaurant for lunch. And then you go out in Nashville and we're in the city and every new restaurant has a new cocktail or a new happy hour. And instead of us looking at... live music to go with it. Yeah, (laughs) and live music, exactly. And instead of us looking at our free days as like opportunities to go explore that, you know, today was a day where it's like, well, we're going to get the podcast back set up and let's record a couple episodes and that is something that's contributing to those big goals and dreams that we have of things that we want to do and those other tempting things are just not even an option yet simultaneously we have plans tomorrow to go out with our really good friends and we've we've gone out and I kind of want you to talk about that too because like we've gone out multiple times it's not like it's been 14 days and we've just been yeah, like I was actually just about to say hungered down in our house, like avoiding the alcohol. We've still had our date nights and had tons of fun. Um, we drink our sparkling water, still eat whatever we like to eat. We've had a couple nights out with friends and stuff. When we went to Atlanta, we went out and had like other people would be drinking. Totally doesn't bother me. We'd have our sparkling water and I would have just as much fun, if not more, because the clarity. And then being able to have amazing sleep and waking up better. Like, I feel like I'm literally gaining so much more. Like, I didn't realize how much alcohol was taking from me before. Whereas it felt 
but my mindset before we decided to go sober was I would I would just be missing out on a lot if we stopped drinking because we have so much fun doing it. Yeah. And now I feel entirely different about it. I if I started drinking in, I feel like I would be missing out on everything. Yeah. It's so funny like I would say like my biggest like question whenever we decided to stop was like, well, what's it going to be like when we go to dinner with our friends that you know, typically it's like we go to dinner with our friends, it starts at dinner, then we end up at Mother's Room and out until two in the morning or whatever. Like pickleback shots followed by <laughs> craft cocktails followed by Oh my gosh, all of our bartenders are probably like, Where have they been? They died. Like we're gonna have to go yeah. find them or something. I'll whip up some mocktails and <laughs> um stuff. but the places that we would go to and so we've hit up like a few of our spots like with those same friends and Everyone knows, but it's not, like, weird. It's not, like, a taboo thing. It's just, like, whatever. Like, we get sparkling water, and a few of the restaurants we learned, surprise, surprise, on their drink menu that they had mocktails or with, like, zero, zero-proof, you know, like, tequila or zero-proof bourbon. And we've tried a couple things for fun. Ultimately, we, like, truly love sparkling water, so we always end up just going to that because we don't need a mocktail just to have a mocktail. Um, it's kind of fun to try, like... We went and got a dessert one night at one of our favorite little craft cocktail spots, and and I had them make me like a like a virgin, you know, espresso martini, so that I could, because that's what I really wanted with the dessert it was like an espresso martini, and it's it's so funny how just like having like even at home like we drink the sparkling water in a wine glass, and when we're out if they ever pour it in a regular glass I always ask them for a wine glass. And it's just so funny how just holding the cocktail glass or the wine glass or the bourbon glass, like, tricks your mind into feeling, you know, that sense of, I cannot say a word. There's so many words that I cannot say, and I'm never going to be able to say them. I don't know what's up with that. That's one thing I learned about myself, too, over uh, the last several weeks was, like, that's what I enjoyed was, like, holding the glass, being in the environment of... The restaurant or whatever surrounded by friends like that's that's what I loved about the whole experience it wasn't necessarily like the alcohol that I needed mm-hmm. you know like alcohol was part of it but cutting that out and replacing it with something else I was still able to have just as much fun if not more yeah. oh, and I want to say too it was funny the other night when we went to that show and we decided that we were just gonna drink soda or coca-cola and your main concern it was like 9 p.m was like how this caffeine's gonna affect my sleep whereas in the past we'd have like several drinks and not even think about the next day or whatever oh my gosh yeah so every night this week actually we've been out so monday our friends gave us tickets because they couldn't make this this show and it was like a benefit concert with a bunch of country artists were all coming together um and it was really cool and it was local and we went there and yeah like we walked in and I was like well we're just gonna get water at the bar like you want to get a coke or something and then we got a coke and we've been going to bed like on a schedule like basically our routine will get us in bed at 8 30 and that was like the first thing I said like we're drinking like the coca-cola and I like looked at Andrew and I just genuinely was like this feels like, I was just like, this feels risky. Like, I don't know. I was like, we can't have, like, more than one Coke. I was like, this is, like, 
I was like, I didn't realize it was already nine o'clock. I was like, I cannot be having caffeine this late. And he was just like busted out laughing. And he was like, Mary's like, two weeks ago, you would have been the one being like, let's pound shots and like jam out to this. And we wouldn't have had a care in the world because I wouldn't have, you know, I would have been able to wake up and do my job just the same. And it's funny. It's really funny how the choices that and the clarity and the, um, I don't know, just what's the word that I'm looking for? Commitment that I have to like my goals and, and my clarity now feels super exciting how naturally it's coming yeah. to me instead of it feeling like such a thing I have to like gear myself up for like I don't have to gear myself up for it and then Valentine's Day like we went to an intimate there's only 10 of us in this little sushi making class and we posted all about that on Instagram and Facebook but even that like they were like offering with the price like there was a bar in there and one of the guys putting it on was just making all the different, like, teaching about craft cocktails, making them, it was free alcohol, there's no shortage of alcohol, and everyone was like, oh, man, like, you picked a bad time to, like, quit drinking, or yeah. I bet it's tough, or whatever, and we were like, no, we're literally, lo- like, and we loved it, like, we, I loved it so much more. It was like, so great, and they had all our old favorites, like, bourbon, cooler full of home-style IPAs, and it was, I, it felt so good knowing that it was there and I wanted no part of it. And I because just... knowing how we were going to sleep and that we were going to get to wake up and read and do the Peloton and shower and like do our little morning routine like was yeah. so much more exciting and important to us. And it's, it sounds silly, but it's like, it feels so good to have like a routine with our priorities in line. Like the how fulfilled and happy I feel it's like I don't even care and like where it leads me I'm just so happy every single day and I feel so good about what I'm doing every single day with every minute every hour that I've I mean mark our words like it's gonna lead to something amazing and you guys will be along the journey with us for that but that nothing can make me happier or more exciting and nothing I again you could not pay me to compromise that at this point yeah one thousand percent so that the reframe app every single morning Andrew got hit with that ad right it was an ad yeah it was on Instagram literally the day I we decided to start being sober and not drinking and Instagram hit me with the ad like usual Instagram was just listening to my thoughts apparently and then threw that ad in my face I looked into it. I was like, this is perfect. I'm at least going to do the free trial. Um, it's been amazing. It tracks everything. You All the days you've been sober, the money you saved, and then teaches you daily tasks with like awesome lessons that teach you about the effects of alcohol and all expects you. Yeah. So we've learned like a lot of, a lot of interesting things about alcohol. And I would say that's a good, healthy way to approach the journey because it just reinforces in new ways that you never would have thought about alcohol, kind of how to think about it. And then the little prompts, you know, help you reflect and journal. Oh yeah, the journaling aspect of it too. Yeah, it's incredibly helpful. Because then you're reaffirming as you write it out, like how you feel because your sleep is improving. Like, and you know now it'll be like, congrats, you've reached day 12. And at this point, like, 
that's where we learned like day 14, you're completely detoxed and, or at this point your, your REM cycle or whatever has improved. Yeah. Your REM that's what the, the journaling I really like. Cause that's one thing all successful people will tell you, like you should journal and it like always seems like a good idea. But for someone like me, it's like, what do I write on this blank page? It's like dear diary. Like it just seems it seems Please weird. Please do that. But when you're prompted, Please with, do Dear Diary with and read questions, it to us. <laughs> I feel like it's getting me opening up and like in the door with journaling. That's going to have an impact down the road. For sure. And it's something that we get to do together, which I really enjoy. That like sacred time that we have together in the morning. At 4.30 in the morning, which most of y'all are going to think we're crazy, but it's amazing. Um, but yeah, so... That's kind of where we're at. That's that's pretty much like the main tool. We're, we're very open about it when we go out with our friends and we tell them and they drink. And honestly, every time we leave and we're like, I wonder how much more their bill was than ours. Yeah. <laughs> and like, we're like, this is so cool. We can drive. We don't have to Uber. And like their bill is probably three times as much as ours. And um, that's not a knock at them, obviously. Like, it's just cool for us to be reminded of those little things like the money that we're saving and now we get to talk about the projects that we want to do with the money that we're saving or what we want to invest in and instead of having $400 dinners because we're getting two nice bottles of wine on a Wednesday and some steak we're cooking at home and trying new recipes which we love doing more of anyway yeah so it's so much more fun there's so much more that we can share on this i think it's gonna come out little by little i'm happy that we waited honestly till the end of the day because i feel like when if we had done this right after our morning workout we would be going a million miles a minute and we wouldn't even be able to keep up with each other so (laughs) i think this might be the move to wait until we're kind of end of the day more mellow vibe yeah a little more mellow but so much more to come on the podcast. We are excited to be back. We hope you guys like this. If you want to hit us up about this, please do. We're an open book. Um, we hope that maybe our perspective or however we try to piece it together helps somebody. And so many more funny stories and experiences to come on this whole month.